Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments. Many of you are aware that on Tuesdays, that is the day when we do our show from the pulpit to the couch. But today we're doing things a little different because this Sunday is Father's Day. And today's topic is we need our fathers. Now, with Father's Day approaching, many are losing their fathers due to senseless acts. And the role of a father appears to become extinct and is misunderstood by many. So in honor of Father's Day today, the show today, we're going to be addressing the need for our fathers. We also are going to be talking about ways that we can teach our young men how to become fathers or better fathers. So if you want to share about your father, give me a call, 516-387-1914. So the lines is already blown up, so let me start logging people on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in 44. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Jeanette. Hello, How are you doing? Karen. Yeah, this is Karen Williams Graham. Hello, Miss Jeanette. How are you? I am well, Miss Mama G. How are you doing? <laughs> Finding you. When I saw this, oh, I said, oh, I have to get on the show. First of all, I want to commend you on your progress, your success, and everything that you do. You are wonderful. Well, thank you. And you know, we've been knowing each other for a very, very long time. And when we talk about the. Oh, you want to know how many years that is? Girl, 30 something. (laughs) Yes, it has been. (laughs) Yes, it has been 30 something. Over 30. And you know, and it's crazy because we talk about these good topics. Sometimes these boards just be blowing up. So let me start logging on other callers because this board is blowing up. And we got people we want to add to the show. So let me start adding them on. Okay. Good afternoon. Or should I say good morning? It's Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments, number ending in 3-3. How are you doing? It's a beautiful day. This is Miss Nancy. I'm just calling in to try to be on the show. Thank you. Let me log on the other callers. And you know I don't like when my phone do this because I know I'm going to be missing callers, but I'm waiting on the main one. So give me one second. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette Abney, number ending in 8-7. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Is this Mr. Blackwell? Is this Blackwell? Yes. Thank yes. you, Blackwell. Glad you on the air. Let me log on the other callers because I'm going to need your help. I'm looking for... Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments. Number ended in 7-6. How are you doing? Okay, seven six. don't want to say anything. I'm trying to find my cousin. Okay, give me one second. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Predicaments. Number's not showing up, but it got 111 on there. I guess they blocked their call. How are you doing? Okay. This is Jeanette Abney. Number ended in 41. How are you doing? Okay, now I know this is Michelle, so let me add Michelle on. Michelle, how are you doing? Let me log on this and then in four four. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Number ended in four four. How are you doing? 
Okay, let me log on the number ending in 9-3. How are you doing? Number ending in 9-3? Okay. Okay, people don't want to say nothing. Okay, number ending in 6-8. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. How you doing? How you doing? This is uh, this is uh, me, and I'm doing very well. Okay, you saying me. I don't know who me is. Yeah, way busy. You know what, way busy? Mr. Tony asked me, have I heard from you? And I, I have not heard from you in a while. So I see I got way busy. I got Mr. Blackwell. I got Miss Karen. I got a whole lot of people on the line. Now, I still ain't found the person yes, I was looking for. Yes. So I don't know if they could call in or not. But today, we're going to be talking about we need our fathers. Now, Blackwell, I want to ask you. When we talk about a fa- being a father, and you are a father, and you have children, and even from a biblical point of view, talking about fathers, what would do you want to say in regards for the need for our fathers? Well, uh, the major need for our fathers is, is if we got to go back to the basics, and we got to respect what we make, and we got to respect the one when we make our children with, because that's the problem right there. We don't have respect women. We have our children, so though. He said he will teach him 
how to be responsible, to pay his bills, respect women. But the cursing was my thing. So that's how that worked. I respected him in his area, and he respected me in my area. So when my so that's why my third child became a minister because my because his father and I we worked as a team. So you gotta have a plan of raising young men. Young men and women are quite different. They need a role model, and if they can't find one in the home, you give them proverbs. And that that can be their role model. And take them to church. Don't drop them off. Take them to church. Because in those basic instructions, the father is the priesthood of the home. So it's his responsibility to teach the wisdom in the morning before, before they leave. When they come home, have that discussion. Turn off the TV and phone. Have that discussion. What was your day like? What What did you do in each subject in school? Don't 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 satisfy what school was just fine. Well, what did you do in math? What did you do in in science? What did you do in English? What did you do in history? Get details. Have that conversation. And then expose them to the good and bad and ugly. Correct. And you know, Karen, a lot of times when we talk about fathers, I had sent something out to a friend of mine, and he responded back by saying, I didn't have a father. And a lot of times when we talk about even what happened on the news, and we're seeing some of the men that were gunned down, and some individuals have lost their fathers due to senseless acts, whether they're in prison, in jail, you know, sick. I know, like, my father was murdered two years ago, two or three years ago. Now, we know that in, especially in America, the absence of fathers, there is a crisis. And I'm looking at some information, and it's from fatherhood.org. And it talks about the father absence crisis in America. And it indicates that there is a crisis in America. And according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. And these are just some of the things that they talk about when we go to why we need our fathers and why they're important. Poverty, four times greater risk of poverty. Behavioral problems, more likely to have behavioral problems. Mom-child health, meaning two times greater risk of infant mortality. Incarceration, more likely to go to prison when the father is missing. And more likely to commit a crime. Teen pregnancy, more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Child abuse, more likely to face abuse and neglect. Substance abuse or abuse, more likely to abuse drugs or alcohol. Child obesity, two times more likely to suffer obesity. And in regards to education, two times more likely to drop out of high school. So, therefore, we need our role models. We need our men. We need our fathers in our lives. Exactly. I agree Yeah. If it's okay, um, I'm Curtis. I just wanted to say this. When it comes down to the fathers, it is a foundation that's built by God, but there's a lot of things that we actually don't do as black men. All mothers have been 
at the front of the fight their whole entire life. The fathers mm-hmm. feel that, and I didn't, ha- and I didn't have a dad. So I know, and I am a father right now, and I didn't have nobody to leave me, but I had God in my life, and he showed me all the things that I needed to know. But I had to humble myself and ask my father, why was I being a victim? See, because when we talk about it, we have to tell the whole truth, and the whole truth so help you God, and we will find our freedom in that. And what I have learned in my 52 years of living, I have five boys and three girls, um, and raising my children, and especially the young men. The one thing that we have to do is be honest, and we can't just talk about it. We have to walk it. We have to live it. We have to breathe it. We have to be that example for them. And once they start to understand with all the conflict that's going on in the world today, without a father and not having God, there really isn't no hope. There really isn't anything. And the only way for us to truly bring that back is to stand up and be held accountable. Nobody wants to be held mm-hmm. accountable for anything. Nobody wants to accept their role and their responsibility in their children's life. The statistics on black fathers walking away from their children is just unbelievable. And it's so hard wrenching. And people are like, well, why are the people this way in the ghetto? Why are the black men so angry? It's not the anger that they feel, it's the fear. They're scared. They don't know what mm-hmm. to do. And there's people out there that's persecuting them and doing things to them, and there's nobody to lead them. So then it turns back around and come to aggression. But the most important part is for us to all come together like we're doing to- today on this call. This is where it all starts from, opening that book up and not being afraid to tell the truth about what's really going on and starting to love them. Just because you're not my son doesn't mean I can't be a role model for you. I still can be that role model, only if you're willing to give me a chance to show you the things that God has got me through. He can do the same for you. I didn't know how to be a dad, but I'm a good dad. My kids graduated, went through school, did everything. And people are like, well, Curtis, how did that happen? I said, the sad thing about this is, and I I need you guys to really listen to this. When you don't have someone in your life to be there for you, to guide, you actually think that you're in a world of complete darkness, which is not true, which is not true. It's just the fact that we don't know our way. We just, I trusted and believed in God, and now I'm where I'm at today. But I want to be able to reach out and hold on to my young brothers and guide them and let them know you're not the only one that don't have a dad. You're not the only one that's facing poverty. You're not the only one that's struggling to pay bills. But the thing is, is that we can't turn to a world of crime either. Victimizing one another is not going to do anything for the situation that we're involved in. The only thing that we can do is what we're doing right here and now, but we need to be heard a lot more across the world because look at the world today. With everything going on, all young black men that don't have a dad, with all the emotions and everything, when you get emotional, your thought process is gone. You're not thinking mm-hmm. anyway. You become reactive. And we have That's to start right. the reacting part of that. Because when they react, we're so emotional. And when people play with our emotions as young black men, it takes us into a realm of darkness. Because when we react, we want to hurt something because all we ever thought our whole entire life, not that it's nobody's fault, was pain. And we never knew how to deal with it. There was nobody ever to show us. So when we get angry and we act out, oh, there they go again. How's about let's go over there and help them because we can clearly see that they're lost and they're misguided, and they haven't had a father figure in their life their whole entire life and not had anybody to sit down to talk to them and be their missing in their life. With us and God, we can't lose. We can do this, but it's going to take us one day at a time to walk this situation down. You know, and I do believe, and I will let someone else talk, but I do believe this. 
if we sit down and get them together, the one thing that we have to do is take that anger and transcend it because we'll talk to them from our heart and they'll take something that we said and hold on to it because of all the anger and all the fear and frustration they have, and then they'll lash out at you. But that's yep. not what well, we that... need from them. Listen. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was just going to say, this is Karen Graham, better known as Mama G. And that's why uh, when my son died, Rory Graham Jr. org, I started a foundation to help other young men in the community. What I did was I started a dress for success at one of the continued high schools. And what I did was I told these young men that how to dress for energy because none of them knew how. And so what I did mm-hmm. is on picture day for the seniors, I made I asked them to wear a white shirt. I supplied the white shirts too because they didn't know. They said they didn't have yeah. money to do that, but they had a $250 phone. See where their priorities right. were. So I had to yes, supply ma'am. the white shirts and the ties, mm-hmm. and I made mm-hmm. them put... I'm, and one of the supervisors said, you're going to do this because we're trying to teach you how to dress for any job, any interview you want to do yes, so right. you don't have to be on yeah. the street and be frustrated. That's so right. I've been doing that for six years at a high school in Vista, California. You know what? But you I'd mean? like to have you on my show this Sunday night, sir, mm-hmm. Mr. Curtis. Um, yes, but, yes, yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to train them. Some of them have not been trained. Correct. This is what you do. This is the this is society. This you have to pay pay by the rules. Correct. And this is how they want you to dress when you go for a job interview. Not with a press t shirt and jeans on. You get a white shirt and a tie and some pants. Yeah. And you know what you're doing. Karen, when we're talking about just the need for our fathers, I was watching a lot of movies, a lot of black history movies, a lot of things that people, we we honor our fathers. We saw some of the things that they went through and the anger and the frustration and trying to teach individuals how to regulate their emotions, you know, how to deal with your anger and your frustration because that role and that responsibility and sometimes that responsibility can be very, very hard and very challenging. So I want to ask Black yes. Blackwell, when we talk about the responsibilities, Blackwell, what do you want the listeners to know in regards to the responsibilities of a father, especially why we need them? Well, one of the things I've discovered, even from in church and out, out growing up, because my dad, my mom and dad divorced when I was young, and my dad was not in the home, and you know, I was primarily raised by my grandfather, and uh, responsibility is great because, you know, my, my grandfather taught me how to pay bills, taught me how to take care of the yard, taught me how to dress, how to respect myself, and really taught me how to learn how to respect others. You know, one of the major problems that we have because the man is missing is he doesn't know how to respect ourselves as well as others, and I've been discovering a lot of our problems within our black young men is respect. Mm-hmm. They don't have any self. They don't have respect for others. It's me, my, and I, 
And, uh, you know, my grandfather told me, you know, how to appreciate who you are. And then you've got to respect the table. You don't have to like him. You don't have to agree with him. But you at least ought to know how to have some form of respect and responsibility because I believe responsibility is born out of respect. When you mm-hmm. respect your family, your family, responsibility will obviously be birthed because you see the need to be responsible. And a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of black men, because nobody is getting irresponsible, uh, because they run out on their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they don't know they were given the opportunity when she got pregnant. Now, what you're going to do with the opportunity is up to you. And uh, I've, discovered, I've discovered that being responsible, accountable, and all of those different things are are some of the targeting points. If I had a son, that I would just sit back and make sure I pressed on him that you, you have to be accountable as well as responsible. And respectful mm-hmm. because it's going to miss it. You know, you're going to miss it at some point. Right. Another thing is fathers set the bar for relationships with us because fathers not only influence who we are on the inside, but how we have relationships with people as we grow. And a lot of times, some men say, I don't want to be like my father or I got this from my father. But see, but that goes with that role. That goes with that role model. You know, a lot of times if we saw our fathers out there doing something or we saw our fathers working hard, that could have taught a young man how to also work hard. Or it can also give a young lady something to admire or look for in a man. And sometimes even we as women, we choose men that are similar to our fathers because that's all we know. But it's kind of like the blueprint of life. And when that is away from us, many people don't know what to do. Now, I hear somebody saying yes. Is that you, Mama G? Yes. I, I agree because um, being, now, you know, I have a physical challenge. So I was, so my father put in me a lot of strength because I had a physical challenge. And so I watched him work, and he used to talk to me, and he used to tell me, find a man that's going to respect your mind, not your body, and work. Make sure that he's educated. He has a good job, and he's going to respect you for your mind, not just for your body. And that was important to me. That was important to me when I started dating. Mm-hmm. I was a, a, a you can see when I when I was nineteen, my father gave me a car and with credit cards, and he told me if your man cannot supply you. The way I'm doing it, well, then you don't need it. And, mm-hmm. that, and, and today, I live in a nice house, a four-bedroom house, a three-car garage, because that was instilled in me that you find a man that's going to be responsible and take care of you. And I don't have that problem. I was blessed that way. And I thank God for my daddy. You know, sometimes he was strong, but I'm a strong African-American woman. And I was able to tell my son, you have to be responsible. 
And I also told them how much it costs to raise a child because my taxes are not going to raise a Ill- somebody that you had one night stand with. You've been kind of quiet, yeah. Lady Busy. What you want to say when it comes to we need our fathers? What do you want to say and add to this topic, Way Busy? I, I, I definitely want to say something because when I listen to what people say, you know, I got a, little, a lot of information that comes to me, you know, and I got overloaded. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm aggressive with you guys or anything. I'm not trying to be aggressive, but I just have so much to say. But I do, I'm a father myself. And I understand what you're all talking about. I understand uh, a deeper meaning of it. And I wanted to share that deeper part of myself with you. So as I take your hand and I gently take you to these hidden places in my heart, you're going to find that my heart is um, uh, a mirror that is uh, uh, showing you something. And when you see what I'm saying, you're going to be reflecting what I'm projecting. Does that make sense? It do, but come on, my way, baby, because we got 34 minutes, so we got a lot of people that want to okay. talk. So I want okay, to know what so, you want to uh, listen to, fa- know why we need a father. As a father who puts his love into his children, right, a father ha- ha- uh, is, is, it puts what, what he wants that child to know. And when you demonstrate, when you love a woman – when you demonstrate that in front of that child, that's because you want that child to know something. Definitely. You understand what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm going to drop the mic. I'm hearing somebody's background noise. Okay, I don't know. Somebody's talking to somebody. you got to remember you're live on the air so we can hear everything you're saying unless you want to mute your phone. But I want to give you guys some information because there take, there's qualities that individuals look for in a father. And these are the attributes. Now, this information talks about the introduction to attributes of a good father. Now, we know that there are many things needed for the success of the family. And we know that all fathers, you know, people go through things. They go through their challenges. They go through their struggles. They go through their pain. They go through their hardship. They go through all of that. doesn't mean that we don't need some other fathers. Now, good fathers and mothers, let's say another commitment. Okay, all right. All right, so one of the things is that they talk about is you might not know which qualities are essential to develop because I always say when we know better, we can do better. But to make matters worse, many times, sometimes we receive conflicting information, meaning we may have seen people in our lives, some individuals had coaches, some people had grandfathers, some individuals had uncles. But we talk about what it means to be a father, especially on Father's Day, and that's what many fathers feel honored that's when their children or their wives show their appreciation. But I want you to know that we talk about as a father, fathers are important to the family. Fathers are role models. Fathers are gift givers. Fathers can give unconditional love. They're the disciplinarians. They're the providers. And last and most certainly, and not least, the love that they give their mother as well. Because those are some of the things are the good qualities. Now, Blackwell, I want to ask you in regards to some qualities. And I know, like you said, about being raised by your grandfather. What were some of the qualities or a quality of your grandfather that you will never forget? Well, uh, he taught me how to organize paying my bills. 
He taught me how to put my responsibilities first, taking care of the household, making sure you got food in the house, making sure your bills are paid in the house, making sure everybody's comfortable in your household, you know, making sure you, you take care of your end of the deal. He was big about that. If you say you're the man, then be the man. Make sure you handle your part in being the man because that is your job. Make sure you are the man. Get up, go to work, clean the house. And if you have to, if you got to cook, cook. Come home, cook. If you got to come home and wash clothes, come home and wash clothes. But you do your job being the man in the house. And if whatever it takes, you show your family that you're the man and it doesn't make a difference what capacity. And that's one thing I liked about my grandfather. He didn't say you just had to go to work. He, he said whatever capacity that it takes for your household to function, that's the duty you perform. Don't put it Amen. all on her. Don't, and Amen. don't try to put it all you know, You make sure you know how to do it. And that was one of the major issues because my grandmother would be gone and my grandfather would come in the house and cook. I didn't think he could cook, but he could cook. You know, he wasn't only the outside guy, he was the inside guy. And he made it a point to uh, stress to me and my brother, you need to know how to take care of your family. You don't know if your wife's going to get sick and and this and that. You know, you don't need to know only how to go to work and how to pay a bill. But you Something so what is a quality that cut. you can say as a father that you notice in yourself or growing up of a quality of a father? Well, the, the quality of a father and growing up to me was to always be there for your children, regardless of the situation and the things that are going on in their life and letting them know the lessons that I've learned and not having a father, because the thing is, if we're going to talk about fathers, we also have to make sure that we really truly reach our children, and we can't talk at them, we have to talk to them, and it's a right way to talk to anybody to get them to listen to you, and one of the things that I know for a fact is the communication that I have developed with my children, and all topics are open because the way that society is set up now, you as a father are the role model for them, and their reflection of you is what they're going to show the world because it starts at home, and it always Mm -hmm. has been at home. And the things that my children have faced in their lifetime right now, which i got a couple of college graduates and everybody's working and doing their thing, the thing that I found the most fascinating about being a dad was is that once you start to raise them and you start to see them and you nurture them, you watch them grow, and they become those individuals. But the one thing that I've always told my children, there's going to be a lot of people that don't really understand because they never had what you had, and that's where daddy comes in at. But if you see that daddy never had a dad, and I broke the cycle by the grace of God, now that I've broken that cycle, son, now you can tell your friends and be proud to tell your friends, my dad never had a dad, but look at my dad now. The difference is it's all Father in Heaven because we do believe in God, and God do work miracles all the time. And I'm a miracle walking right now and talking and speaking to you guys, and it's really a true inspiration in my heart to hear everybody speak out and say the things that they're saying and all the things they went through because the thing is we have to share those things inside of us because we never know how it's going to impact the next person's life. 
That's why God always wanted us to fellowship because it's so much for us to sit down and discuss and hold my sister's hand, hold my mom's hand because my mom, and there's no shame, was an alcoholic because of all the things. She was a freedom fighter, so was my father. Freedom fighter down in Mississippi, marching with Kennedy, marching with uh, all of the pastors that were down there at that point in time. It, I just got a little shot in my heart, just a little emotion because I never really got to talk to him and really find out the true things because of the separation between him and my mom. Born in Mississippi, moved in Indiana, grew up in Chicago, and now I'm here in California. It's a story to be told, but it's something that all young black men, and one thing I would say in ending is, is this, how do we reach the ones that have not been as fortunate as we have been in having someone to guide us the way that yep. some of us on the phone have been guided? That's where we need to go where there's nobody that never existed because they don't even know what love is. So we have to show them love and respect, but we have to show them that they have a value system and a value system is broken because no one ever showed them how to have one. Once we start Mm -hmm. working on the value system and getting them to believe and know that they are somebody and you do have value. I took everything that I am today by the grace of God from every man that I ran into and I'm emotional right now. Because I'm the man that I am right now because of my father. It's not because of anybody else. It's my father in heaven because I was left. And it hurt. And not knowing your way. But I want to thank Jesus Jesus right now today because I am a good father. I raised all eight of my kids. You understand? I have one left that's 12 years old and I've been there the whole time. I don't know what forsaken it is. I can't forsake mine. I love them and I do not understand this about my black man. When you come from nothing and have nothing, how can you have a child when you know the pain and what the world is like? And you stand there and you go on the sideline. You go on the sideline, your own flesh, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, your seed. That's your responsibility. You felt the pain. You walked through the fire. You know what it is. How can you abandon your responsibilities and obligations as a man and go out there and sit on the corner with your friend? I don't know where my kids at and who cares. How is the world going to change with people acting like that? We cannot do it, and I thank you guys so much for listening. And this is something that I want to be a part of all the time. I need this in my life right now just to give back, just to talk to them and let them know and cry with them. I feel your pain. You're not the only one because they feel like they're victims and they're all alone. You're not all alone. Here I am right now today. Well, how did you do it? I did it first believing in God and knowing that all things are possible with him. And I turn my back on everything that I learned in the streets. And I don't have nothing to do with nobody that don't want to go to work. You see, we We have got to start getting some type of stability and framework in their life. Because without that, they're never going to understand us. But I just want to thank you guys for even listening to me. I'm sorry that I got emotional, but. I know, you know what, but that that lets you know, that lets them know that this is real. And I appreciate you calling in. I really appreciate you calling in. Now, I want to say, because I was trying to get Kahala for King on, but he sent me a text message. He said, I understand what they're saying, however, he's having trouble with it. But he also taught on this subject up and down the state, Mm -hmm. and some of it's real. He said, I can't stay on. I have another commitment. But he said that black males were, were mis-elastified through birth, through development, challenging mm-hmm. our concept and application of manhood. First, that is the mm-hmm. foundation of fatherhood. They're blaming the victimized, traumatized, 
um, black men for their downfalls in parenting. These personal views yes. of black men are unconsciously biased. Our absence at time is yes. from our culture of white supremacy and the vehicle racism. It's much deeper than yes. these views. The black family as a yes. whole was denied the natural development as human beings, let alone as males and females. We are holistically injured and traumatized generations. Christianity was W's and double H wars. Now, he indicated he had to go, and I know he teach on this subject, because a lot of times it goes back to not only teaching, but teaching love, holding people, listening to people. So, Chris, I appreciate you calling in. I really do, because I am a licensed therapist, and I work with a lot of individuals who are fatherless, a lot of kids that have been hurt, have been abandoned, have been in foster care, people on drugs, individuals have been abused. And the problem is they carry that pain, they carry that anger, and then when they have children, they don't know what to do. And some individuals are afraid to be fathers. They don't know how, and we have to stop using it as an excuse. But And we also got to be careful with who we choose to have kids with, too, because it's, it exactly. works both ways. It works both ways. And a lot of times fathers get a, a bad rap. We're on Mother's Day, yes. mothers are lavish with gifts, and mother this and mother that, and then the fathers are left for shame. Are responsible. Like, all we want is just your money. All we want is just, and that's not fair. It's so not fair. Right. Because men hurt too. Men hurt too. I had got yeah. in touch with um, Ronnie Strawberry because I wanted to do some man to man workshops to help yeah. men become better men. It's not that they're already not men, yeah. because you don't want to take that right. away from them. But let them That's know right. you have emotions. Let them know it's okay yeah. to cry. Let them know that it's okay yeah. to shout. Let them know how to express their, their emotions in a better way. Teach them about healthy yeah. relationships and teach them how to yeah. be parents. That is so I truly appreciate Everything you. Everything you said. Mama G, what was you about to oh, say no, to this young man? Because I heard you going there. I appreciate there. you. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say that um, we need to volunteer. We need to, like, before my son passed away, he was a chaplain in juvenile hall. He, he, he used to go to the juvenile hall and teach the young man. In fact, his last sermon, which is on the website, talked about it's wonderful that Barack Obama is in office, but, but two-thirds of us are incarcerated. We need a change. And the way we need to yes. change is we need to volunteer and teach the ones that are that are coming up to be better than what we are. And that's what and that's yes. what we need to do. Some some you can't change. But this is twenty twenty, a new decade. We need to get yes, out and change. Because my my last child I adopted, who's really my nephew, he came to me at sixteen with only with only 10 credits to his name. But when he graduated, he got a 3.0 and an opportunity to play football. But because I taught him volunteering, learning about God yes. and Proverbs, he was, yes. a, he, he was a, a, a grocery store clerk at one of the grocery stores and been there six years. He loves yes. love because I changed his mind mentally. Yes. I changed his mind mentally. You have to change the yes. mindset. Yes. And and, yes. and we're, we women, we have to help our men. 
We can't yes. put them down. We were made, no. it says in the world, that we were made to help us, to help them. So we help them. Yes. And, and, if, and, if, and, and if you teach them to be responsible and the priesthood of your household, that's another generation that will flourish. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Karen, what the issue is is when the man is missing out of the home, it also has an effect on the relationship between the father and the daughter. And because the daughters are angry, because I grew up without my father being in a home, and my mother was a single mom, and I remember in Delano, no, he used to tell me too, I became so independent, and I was told that I had to let a man be a man, and I didn't know how to do that. So when we start talking about the men in our lives, we have to also make sure as women, like you said, we are the helpmates, and we also, we have to learn how to do better and not break our men down. And a lot of times women and young girls are so angry and so hurt, so we also have to work on them too in order to change the mindset and also work on the behavior and redirecting that pain into a positive way because we're also seeing it in a lot of our young children too. We got children that are growing up angry, children that are growing up hurt, and they don't know who to be mad at. And when we start talking about, you know, racism and, and all this stuff, and like I said, some of the movies I was watching, and I was watching these older gentlemen that wanted to protect their family, but they had to learn how to, to do things differently. And that becomes yes. a problem. And, and, it, and you know what? It is a big problem because the biggest thing is, is that the women don't know that how important she is in that man and breaking him down with the words that she say because she's angry. He would flourish and he would push and he would go beyond. All I ever wanted in my life was just to be loved. And I know that there's so many young black men out there want to know what love is. People, kids are making babies and never known love themselves and the expectation of them to overcome generational gaps of abuse. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to put all of it together, but when you take it and you have that woman standing there full throttle and supporting her man and the things that he do and some of the decisions that I've made with my, with my young men, they're grown now. My oldest son is 30. The things that I did with me and my wife is 30 years that we've been married. The things that I did, my wife never really necessarily approved of it, but once I explained to her He's going to be a man one day, and we need him to stand on his own two feet, and we need him to accept ownership for the bad, the good, and the ugly that goes on in his life. Because once you look at yourself and you see your reflection in the mirror every day, I believe Mm -hmm. in speaking truth to power. And if you're lying to yourself and you know it, you're going to continue to be that liar. But if you stand on the truth... And all it's going to do is just set you free. It's not going to always make you feel good, but we can't sit down and lie to ourselves about the situation we're in. We have to take ownership for that and try to do a better job in being a better person. Right. I want to share something. I want to hear you guys' remarks on this. And this talks about eight things every father must teach his son. Now, one of the things that they talk about is to be a gentleman meaning a firm handshake combined with looking the person in the eyes carries with it respect. It talks about to teach them how to honor your father and the mother. Teach them to respect women. Teach them to be a man of integrity. To, and both of you, all of you guys have spoken on this, to teach them to take responsibilities, 
do what you say you will do and do it right and do it with excellence, to teach them to work hard, to teach them to love others, and to teach them to love God. Blackwell, any comments in regards to some of the things that, and these are some of the qualities, like I said, that we started off by saying that we learned from our fathers, but what can you add or what do you want to say in regards to some of the things? Because we really need this because we need our fathers to be our teachers, to be our role models, to be our guides, to be our spiritual leaders. What, do you, what else do you want to add to this show well, as, as it relates to that? I don't know. I thought Blackwell was still here. I guess Blackwell is not here. Way busy. Are you still there? Okay. Well, Chris, wow. we're going to ask you, Chris, yes. just those things yes. that I just added with those eight things that every father must teach his son. Because it's hard yes, to ma'am. teach a young man how to be a man because yes. they will challenge you. Yes. And, yes. I mean, just recently I went to mm-hmm. – Go ahead. No, I want you just recently. What I wanted to say was just recently I went to a funeral of one of my friends, Uh and he died in a motorcycle accident. And his Uh oldest son was angry because for the past five years, his father and him were going back to back. And, I mean, he didn't realize he was going to lose his father, but his father died in a a motorcycle accident. And I watched the pain Mm -hmm. and saw the pain in this young man's eyes. Because even though this young man will be 35 years old this year, he still needs his father because he struggles yes. with even trying to raise his girls. So that need mm-hmm. is still there. We may say we don't want you. We may get mad. We may bicker. We may yes. fight. That need mm-hmm. is still there for a lot of different reasons, Christopher. Chris, what, what, what do you want to say and add to that in regards to that need? Because that need is deep. That, that need it's so deep to where the kids, when you lose, and I'm going to go in reference to your friend that lost his father, not knowing, and that's the thing about life, it's so precious, and we don't know at what time God is going to call any of us home, but we know that time is going to be one of these days. But in those last days, the things that I've done, whether it be with my daughter or my son, when the conflict arises, the emotional state that the father could get in, and being a good father, you have to take your emotions and put them aside because once you become emotional, you become reactive. It's the same thing for the virus. It's the same thing in the home. It doesn't change. So how am I going to help my son if I can't help myself deal with the emotions that I have to be intelligent enough to be able to sit down and hold a cohesive conversation to where he can get up and walk away and feel good about what he's feeling. But the first thing he has to do he has to be honest and tell me what it is and how did how you feel that daddy went wrong and you feel it because the things you want me to agree with, I cannot. And I've explained to you numerous times and why they don't work. If you want to go out for better lack of terminology, if you want to go out and test the water, then go ahead and go test it. The water is wet. But if you want to go out there and test it on your own, just remember one thing. I cut your umbilical cord. I raised you. I've been in your life your whole life. Why would I ever want to see you hurt? Why would I want to see you anything but prosperous? If you're having a conflict with your wife over what's going on with your daughters, let's sit down and talk about that. But let's do it this way. Go get your wife and go get your daughter. We all sit down and we talk together because it's very important for everybody to be heard. 
mm-hmm. because everybody has an input because it's our life together as a family unit. So you can't just jump up and say, well, everybody's going to do this and everybody just shut down. That's a dysfunctional family. We have to function cohesively in motion together. So let's sit down and let's hear the mom's issues. Let's hear what the daughter is saying. And then we already know what the daddy feels. Now, in most regards, when it comes down to the daughter, the mom feels so inflamed and so passionate about it, she can't see beyond what she's feeling for a daughter because she loves her. And the fact that the father scolded the daughter and the daughter is crying, the mom wants the dad to back off. I can't back off and I can't let mm-hmm. up because my baby has every right to know the truth. I'm the first man that she's ever introduced to. And if she's going to go out, like history has shown us, nine times out of ten and marry a man that's closest like her father, she has to remember one thing. Regardless of what the truth is, at the end of the day, it's not my truth, not your truth. It's the truth. It's a self-sustaining entity that stands on its own. And we have to take the good, the bad, the ugly, the pain, the sad, all of it that comes with the truth. But we have to figure out a way how to digest that so that we come back together as a unit because there's so much division in our homes based off that anger and emotion and frustration Mm -hmm. that don't lead to any conversation. It creates distance. And and, and at the end of the day, why he was still so hurt, your friend, because the things that he really wanted to tell his dad, he never told him. And the things he really wanted to tell him how much he honored him, he never told him. And now that's been taken away from him. So now it Mm -hmm. fuels the fire. And the things that you're doing is where he needs to be. He needs to be there with you to hear the things that you're saying and then feel my pain. I'll put my hand on your hand, and we can cry together. We can embrace one another, and I feel your pain. You're not alone, and I know you're sorry. And wherever your father is at today, God bless him and bless you too. Now, you remember the things that he wanted from you? Stand on it. Flourish in it. Be that man that your father always wanted you to be. Don't be angry and upset. I understand it. You're going to move through the pain but move through the pain with the passion and love that your father had for you. That's what the difference is over. You're rejecting what he's telling you, and he's firm and stood fast on his beliefs. But they were mm-hmm. not to hurt you or put you down. They were to lift you up and make you a better man. But the way he right. said it or the way you interpret it was something totally different. And it's profounding, that profounding effect of just that little terminology that I said is dominating all black mm-hmm. men in their culture because they continue to you get know what? And that is so and true. That is so, so true. Because I remember when my mother, because my, my mother died in 2008 breast cancer. And that's where the I'm precious predicament came from because precious was my mother's nickname. Mm-hmm. And I remember my okay. mother, because how about the division? Because a lot of times women were hurt mm-hmm. and they would try to make their kids be angry with their fathers. And they didn't know no better. They really didn't. And I remember my mother dying. She said in her last days, the only thing I hate about dying mm-hmm. is leaving your father as your only parent. And I was like, yes. oh, wow. And when my, father, my mother died, my father was hurt because he didn't know what to do. And he used to call my radio shows. And I found mm-hmm. out he died, or he was only he died because he was murdered. My father was murdered. My father didn't call in on my radio show because he would call in every week. He had something to say. So one Monday he didn't call in. And that Monday night when I got home, I realized I had 30 missed phone calls. I turned my phone over to see my phone, and all I saw was rest in peace. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
to the point to where he tried to be a father. He didn't know how to be a father, but he did his best. Yeah. And I said, yeah. all I can do as his oldest child was do the best I could yes. to make sure he had a proper funeral going home or going out. But the yeah. thing is, Amen. even as an adult in my 50s, I still need my father. Uh-huh. I still need yeah. that protection. Amen. I still miss not yeah. having somebody to talk to. And even on Father's Day, he would call yes. me. Well, you didn't call me on Father's Day. Where my Father's Day card? And of all the children he had, yeah. I was probably only the one of them that did it. But he would always ask me about it. So, Karen, what do you yeah. want to say, Mama T? Oh, well, I was going to say, God bless you. God was with you. Because look mm-hmm. how you are, beautiful, you are a beautiful flower of the community, and we need conversations like this. But what I want to say is we have to reach out and help. Yeah. We have to. We have to. Yes. Um, but my youngest one, Eddie, who's going to be 26 in August, he knows he can't come to my house because see, his old, one of his older uncles called me up one day and said, when he was 20, and said, well, does he have a baby? And I was like, having a baby is not being a man. Yep. I said, you got that wrong, yep. sir. You got that wrong, having a job and being responsible and, and, and loving and knowing the woman and marrying the woman. That is when you become a father. Not going out and just having a good time and say, oh, yeah, I got a girl pregnant. I'm a dad. No, we don't teach guys here in this house. And so now he knows. He knows because I taught him, I showed him the bills, the medical bills. When he got Mm -hmm. sick, he had to go to the doctor. He had a medical bill. I said, I just think if you had a child. So I said, keep Peter in your pants and kill your brother. And that's what he said. But I like what you just said. Being a father is not a rite of passage. It takes work. And a lot of times individuals became fathers at a very young age, and they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know. And even those fathers that have abandoned their kids or left their kids, Mm -hmm. there's a reason and there's a deep-rooted issue. You know, because I have an Mm -hmm. uncle... For years, he didn't see his kids because the woman divorced him, took his kids away, and he was hurt. But he found that it was like a generational curse because his kids went through the same things he went through as a man, where he felt he failed them. It kept repeating itself. I watched my son as a father, and I try to remind my son, your kids need you. They need their father. So men need to do yeah. more mental health work, put down the bottle, mm-hmm. hanging out with the boys in the video games, and go back to fathering. If you're scared, yes. let them know you're scared. When you hurt, let them know you hurt mm-hmm. too. But let them know you understand. Yeah. we got to get that connection. Do. Because yeah. somehow we're not about the connection and the division. Communication. Yeah. Communication. Communication mm-hmm. is a key with guiding communication. Turn off the TV. Get the phones out of the way. Go for a walk. Go have ice cream. Talk about anything you want to talk. Just have that connection. Have that time. Yes. It's not how much time. It's the quality of the time. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Say that, say that again because my son, he's he's 22, his name is Ravion, and um, he's working right now, and he's having a real issue with all the race thing that's going on in the world, but even in the job. My son came home, and he said, Daddy, I thank you so much for you being in my life and helping me, and you know, Dad, you are my best friend because there's nothing that I can't talk to you about that we can't get through without the grace of God. And I said, son, the only thing that we have to do is keep an open line of communication. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. When you want to cry, you've seen daddy cry. I've had some horrific things happen in my life. I had uh, 375 pounds follow me from behind. It blew out both my knees and blew out my back. I was laying on the floor, and my daughter was like, daddy, can you get up? And I couldn't get up. Because the 87 stitches, I started crying, and I called out Jesus' name, and I was able to get up off the floor with the 87 staples in my back. I was on a walker. My kids have seen the things that Daddy and by the grace of God have overcame in my life, and it transcended the things that they think and they see in the world because it's not real. But we live on a – this is me just telling you how I feel. It's an illusion in the things that you see. In the world, because it's not your reality, because it's not your life, but you happen to be here. But the question is, what quality of life do you want? What you put mm-hmm. in, son, is what you're going to get back. Hard work and dedication, it does pay off to turn around and forsaken those that you don't have anything in common with. Why would you want to hang out with somebody that don't have a job, that ain't doing anything for themselves, and come over and sit down and talk to your dad and tell you, I don't want to come back to your house. And my son said, you know, you're not welcome in my house anymore because my dad was like, he doesn't like the idea that you're sizing. He called your dad because he had the number, and I broke the barrier down. The dad was like, I'm sending my son back over there to spend the weekend with you because I got more of a reaction from my son and being at your house for one day than I have in the last three months. And his son ended up graduating high school and calling me Uncle Curtis and still consistently in my life right now. And is that I said, everything in my house is house rules. And I grew up, I was like, listen, there's some things I'm going to talk to you about, and some things are non-negotiable. And I will spank you. All of my kids have been spanked in their life. Hey, but like I tell them, hey, I set them down. I set them down just like my daughter. And I said, let me, get, let me explain something to you. This is my 12-year-old. I said, let me explain something to you, Kenya. You have a simple job. Just go to school, get good grades, do your chores, clean up, and keep your hygiene up. She was like, well, Daddy, you know, the biggest, but when you start talking to me and doing I'm on the phone. You have to wait. Well, we can't let it be one clock yet because that's drunk on tonight. Okay, okay. Well, then you're not even touched yet. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you're telling me about 1 o'clock and dropping off your books. What I tell you about being responsible is going down right now. She has a turn. She has you a see, books in. being a father, it's, that's it's why we 12. need our fathers. <laughs> Amen. But you it's know, like this she conversation, and like you said, Karen, we need that's more right. of it. Because we need more role models. We need more people to know that people do care. And sometimes, and and kids are starving for that. They're hungry for that. They need that. They need somebody to listen. They need to know that somebody cares. And be honest. Even as a therapist, uh, Karen, you've been knowing me for 30-some years. You know I am very honest. I'm to the point. And I've been like that even whether I was coaching, driving a school bus, or in church, I'm yeah. always the same way. But I, I, I just need you right is now, and I can deep. tell you that. Yes, 
You're honest. Oh, don't you just let you saying that. I just met you today, and I can tell. Always honest. I can tell it because it's something that jumps out in the conversation. You can see it on your own. You're very honest. Now keep on telling the truth, amen. <laughs> well, we almost out of time. We got to come up with a topic for next week. But Karen, I want you to end the show as we talk about this need for our fathers because we do need our fathers. But what do you want to end the show with, with the listeners? What do you want them to know? Well, first of all, can I do a one-minute commercial? I'm on okay. uh, Sunday night at 7 on Facebook Live, Ask Mama G. Uh, what I want to say about fathers is we need to pray for them. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing we need to do is to pray that they will be responsible, take care of them, because they need to know that they're bringing another, another culture, another society in on the earth. So we need to pray that God will help them become the father that he wants them to be. Amen. That's what we need to do for those who want to help the society. Volunteer. Volunteer with the young fathers. Pray for the old fathers. Pray for fathers that are incarcerated. You, we need to Amen. pray for our men, period. Do that, and, and you know, don't have the ego of well, this man is just no good. He made the seed and left it. But thank God that you can still pray for his seed. Amen. You know that prayer changes things. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Like good wisdom and pray for yes, our and like Amen. Pray for our the not only the quantity of time but the quality of time because exactly. fathers have Beautiful. a big responsibility and it starts with our heavenly father so i want to thank you for joining us here mm-hmm. at precious predicaments blog talk radio i want to thank you please share this information with others because that need is strong that bond is thick and we need to go back to our roots we need to also be open-minded and do it with love so if you have a father Amen. out there let him know you love him. If there's been a man in your life, a role model in your life, whether it was an uncle, a brother, a cousin, or whomever, and it's Father's Day, let him know you appreciate him. And even those that fathers that have hurt you, forgive him. Forgive him. You may, you don't have to agree with what he did or why he is the way he was. Because I know I had a grandfather that was like, ooh, we thought he was so mean. I look at him and laugh. But his name was Willie Thompson. But that was a hard-working, strong man. But the thing is, I miss that. I miss our protectors. And women, we got to do better. We got to do better if we want our men to do better, too. So join me next week. Amen. Don't know what our topic is going to be, but Mama G, we'll do some more work together. So until well, then, thank you for joining us here. I will. Until then, thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.